Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the front office news. And I'm JT Smith, editor-in-chief of the front office news. All right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the Memphis game. The Bearcats lose to Memphis 68-75 at Fifth Third Arena. JT, thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, I was disappointed, man, because it was like a game. They, they came into the game on a three-point, not three-point, three-game winning streak and had a Memphis team that they were bigger than. Um, Memphis is very skilled, don't get me wrong, but – um, I feel like they had sizable advantages and um, I feel like they let them off the hook, man. Um, Cause this was, I think it was a game that they could have easily won. I think they ended up losing by eight, but it was one of those things where when I watched the game, it was so many opportunities that they just kind of let slip away. And then when it got to money time, uh, Kendrick Davis, you know, he did his thing. Uh, so that, that hurt. And also Williams, Williams killed them too. Um, but at the same time, I thought the Bearcats had a chance to be able to kind of get their first statement win and uh, let it slip through, slip, let it slip through the cracks. So, Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I think what really stuck out to me was obviously foul trouble. Foul trouble is what killed them in the first half of this one. I mean, Landers Nolly picks up two in the first two and a half minutes. Obviously, the double technical there with Kendrick Davis. And then you had Micah Adams-Woods with three fouls near the end of the half. Victor Locken had two fouls. I think if they stay out of foul trouble early on, it could be a different ballgame. And that's what showed because they had to – Landers missed about, what, eight minutes there in the first half, roughly total between foul trouble and uh, rotation-wise, get him some rest heading into the second. But overall, just the foul trouble is what stood out to me early on in the first half. Um, For me, there were a couple things. First of all, um, the crowd, I think there was like 8,600. Is that right? Like yeah, that. I think I think David said on Tuesday it was about 8,500 8, roughly, obviously because of snow. Myself or JT wasn't able to quite make it. We got a little bit snowed in, so yeah. we weren't able to make it. But I think David said overall they had about 8,500. I mean, it was great for the students to show up who live on campus. I know they're offering every student on campus to get in for free. So to kind of come help out and support. So that was a pretty nice offer. So hopefully the fans showed out and the students showed out as well. Um, you know, and I thought with the snow um, in, the, in the smaller crowd, um, that hurt the energy in the building. And listen, understandably, like I'm, I didn't think some people should be out. I mean, it was, it was some tough conditions out there. But I think that hurt. Also, the Bengals were playing at 3 p.m. Um, what was crazy is some of the fans were like leaving the game when it was like 50 to 50, like people, oh, wow. yeah, going to go watch the, the Bengals. Um, so I think some of the energy just in the building was a little bit lower. Mm. I think that could have helped. Um, I think we lost a rebounding 34, 31. Yeah. Um, I like that. We, I mean, we only had 12 turnovers forced Memphis into 13. Um, and, and for the most part, I want to say the big three, our big three, um, I, I thought they had good games. What, Vic had a double-double? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, uh, Micah was one for ten. Yeah, yeah, he had one of his worst games, honestly. And he had a couple three-pointers where he was wide open that I think would have given us the lead. Yeah. He was 50-52, and he had two wide-open threes. Yeah, that, that was huge. Right? Yep. You know, we, we just – but I, I think that's plagued us a couple times in the past, just not making shots. Yeah. You know, playing well in certain spots but just not hitting shots. Um, You know, it, we were – it was – we battled back. We got it to 50-50. Um, and, and we just couldn't get over that hump. Just like every time we got close, get ready to take that lead, um, just didn't get there. And, and here's the thing when I mentioned the crowd, um, just the energy wasn't there in the building. Um, 
you know, when it gets to 50-50, and even if we make a book and take a leap, in a packed house, the place goes crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Time out. Our, our guys are pumped up. And then it, it's a different ball game in those situations. But honestly, um, I think it was a winnable game. Um, you know, I think some shooting-wise, some things go better. We can win that basketball game. But there's some things I want to dive into when we talk about Houston here a little bit that relate to some of the struggles with Memphis that i like to see us improve on. So I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. But um, let me give a shout-out. You know, I always like to shout out the former players that are in the building. Um, Kashmir Wright, um, uh, JT Smith's uh, stunt double, Kashmir <laughs> Wright, was uh, <laughs> was in the building. Uh, Alex Eppensteiner, former walk-on, great, with his uh, um, he has a new child. He walked out with his, with his kids, so that was good. Uh, Deontay Vaughn was in the building. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, he, he snuck in. He texted me. Um, he, he snuck in and snuck out. Weather being bad, he kind of wanted to get up out of there. But it's always good to have the former players in the building. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, Saturday, the Bearcats take on Houston at 2.15 in Houston. I think it's a CBS game. So is it still a CBS game? I believe so. Yeah, it's a CBS game. Okay. All right. So so that that's that's pretty big. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But and we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now, in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Uh, going with Big Vic again. Um, coming off a double-double, I think he has to have a similar game against uh, Houston to be able to pull off the upset. But I think if he plays like he did against Memphis, um, maybe if it's not 20, I mean, I wouldn't mind 21 and 12. I think that's what he had. Um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I'm down with 18 and 9, 18 and 10 in that range. But I think one of the things that, like, I, like I'm going back to the Memphis game a little bit, but, like, one thing I'm faulting them on, I think early they didn't give big enough touches in the paint mm. where he had to, had to clear advantage. And when they start giving him the ball, that's when they start making a run. I think they should have touched, let him touch it, even if he wasn't going to shoot it, play through him a little bit because Williams did, couldn't do anything. He's too light in the backside to do anything with Vic. So um, I just think that was a missed opportunity to kind of control the game and pound him. Um, but I think they have to do the same thing. But, you know, Houston's going to come with more force, but at the same time, Vic still has the height advantage. So he he's seen them. You know, he played them, you know, at fifth third. So it's going to be a little different in Houston. But at the same time, you know, the kind of physicality that's going to come with it. So I want to see him grow in this game and have an impact as soon as the tip-off happens. Now, now, JT, I want to stay on Vic real quick. Um, I've, I've seen Wes Miller make some comments about Vic, and really he hasn't even touched his potential. Um, in your opinion, JT, when it's all said and done, um, and, and Vic leaves here. Hopefully, he's here his whole career and leaves as a senior. Um, do you think he's a NBA player at the end of the day? If he can stay, he can keep improving on the weight, the rapid rate he has been, and get a clean bill of health from here on out. I think he has a strong possibility because you can see where he can face up. He's starting to have comfort with that face up jump shot. He has the three point range. He's not hit him yet in the game. But I know that that's going to come just with more confidence. And I think he'll be even more – like he's, he's still young at the end of the day, but I think he'll start keeping imposing as well. You can see it in certain games where he gets gets hot and he kind of takes control of the game. And even when he's not hot on offense, he's blocking. You know, he had a game where he had eight blocks, which is something like he's affecting the game any way he can. So, I, I honestly, I think he has a strong shot, man. If he can stay healthy and just keep improving – um, I think he definitely have a chance to to play in the next level for sure. You know what he kind of reminds me of, and I'm not saying he's the same player. It's not the same situation, but th- there are times where he reminds me of Kenyon Martin from this standpoint. 
he can impact the game in so many ways, mm. right? When Kenyon played, he could impact the game rebounding, blocking shots, scoring at different levels. Mm. Vic can do all those things. Yeah. And just like when, when Kenyon came in, and obviously I've, I've said this plenty of times before, he was my teammate, roommate on the road. I watched the growth and the maturation process of a Kenyon Martin. And Vic reminds me of that just like, you know, he's kind of skinny, gangly, Vic is a little bit. And there, there are things he needs to work on. Like, first of all, um, his, his his maturity on the court. Like, it's better than last year. It's, it's getting better yeah. as you go along. But he still has a ways to go to have that veteran, you know, mentality mm-hmm. on the court. And Kenyon had to go through that as well. Kenyon was very emotional. People don't, probably don't remember that. Yeah. Um, he was very raw and very emotional. Yeah. Then the other thing, too, I think Vic has to go through a transformation of his body, um, you know, getting physically stronger um, and, and going through a lot of injury prevention and mobility work. So his body can stand playing 35 to 38 minutes a game the entire season and being that integral piece that's needed at the end of a game. Um, and in the emotional side, as he matures there, he won't be in foul trouble all the time. Yeah. Physically, as he improves, he'll be able to not be tired. And sometimes when you're tired, what do you do? You foul. Yep. You know what I mean? Do you, you yeah. agree with some of those things, JT? For sure. For sure. It's the first thing you do. You start reaching. You do a little. Don't go straight up as, as you should. And then you get hit with some ticky tacks. Yeah. So, you know, every time I watch Vic, um, I, I just watched him. I'm like, man, this this kid has so much potential, man. And hopefully, hopefully he understands that and continues to work. Now, Neil, Houston is 19 and two right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Cougars? Yeah. So first off, let's start with uh, everyone knows him, Marcus Sasser, point guard, uh, very experienced guy. But for people who don't know and haven't been following this Houston team, Sasser also got a little banged up last night or a couple nights ago in the uh, Houston's win over UCF. Uh, it sounds like it was at first a little uncertainty from Kelvin Sampson in the post-game presser, whether he would be able to finish the game or not. He battled it out, finished. Uh, it sounds like today there's a positive update. It's nothing too serious. It's just a minor. He like banged his knee up a little bit. Doesn't seem to be much concern, but everybody knows Marcus Sasser is arguably one of the top point guards in all of all the country. He's on the Naismith Defensive Player of the Year watch list. Uh, he can he can really light it up from behind the arc. He's just he can do everything. He's a very experienced guy. Uh, Houston has tremendous guard play to really complement Sasser very well. But everyone knows when Sasser's hot, he's hot. So we really have to limit Marcus Sasser. I believe he's averaging almost twenty points a game. So we have to really limit Marcus Sasser. But outside, Houston has phenomenal guard play. I thought they played well with him in the first matchup. I thought they really did a good job. I don't think Sasser finished too much with us, if I recall, right? I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. I think he only finished with, like, 15 on us in round one, in the first game. Uh, but really like that, you just contain a guy like Marcus Sasser. You don't let him get hot. I mean, in the first time, it was Jamal Sheed and Trevon Mark who got hot. So Sasser had his off game, but he's still getting his numbers. And he's a guy who's going to get his numbers. But – Outside of Houston, he dominated in the first game. He's a projected top 10 lottery pick, and that's Jarese Walker. Six foot nine, 240 pounds, just dominated the boards uh, the last time these two teams played. I believe he actually finished with 21 points on 8 of 14 shooting in the team's first matchup. And that's some somebody Wes Miller has given a lot of praise to in heading into this one. Uh, we spoke to Wes Miller on Tuesday. And he really was high on Jarace Walker. He said, you can't really plan for a guy like him. And we asked him about the physicality and how do you prepare for a guy like Walker to really kind of slow him down. And his full quote was, what you try to do when preparing for another team is to try to create situations that will build the habits you need as a team to prepare for who you will have to guard. You're not going to replace players on opposing teams when you have a bunch of guys on our team that are themselves. When you prepare for a guy who's thought to be a top 10 draft pick in the NBA draft, you're not going to have a body out there that resembles a player like uh, Jarese Walker on your scout team. So Wes Miller really gave a lot of praise to Jarese Walker 
uh, in this week's press conference. He also gave a lot of praise to Kelvin Sampson and what he's been able to done uh, do at Houston since taking over in 2014. But overall, like Wes Miller gave a lot of praise to this Houston team. I mean, this Houston team, like they're known for their defense. They're holding teams to 53 points a game. So that's where it all starts with Houston. We know they can score the ball, but what's really more impressive for them is the defensive end. They're, I believe they were first in the country if the stats were still up to date uh, from not too long ago in def- uh, defensive efficiency. So they're averaging 53 points a game. But when you look down and you see a stat like that, like that team, that's a very impressive, very impressive stat. They're holding teams to just 53 points a game. But this this Houston team's beatable. And I think we saw that in the first game uh, of this season. I mean, if we limit their limit the turnovers, I think they're there in that. But it's, uh, it's going to start playing inside out with Jarese Walker uh, inside. If they stay out of foul trouble with guys like Vic, Odie, uh, this is also the game where Kalu saw a lot of minutes early on after missing about four games, that four-game stretch where he didn't play. So a guy like Kalu's physicality could really play a big up role in defending a guy like Jerese Walker for the Houston Cougars. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Uh, well, you just said a lot about defense already, Neil, but I'll, I'll jump into uh, something else with Houston. Um, Like you were talking about, we've seen them before. We played them already. Do you think we'll see anything different from this Houston team second go around? I think they, I think Wes Miller and staff can prepare. I think now that they've played them the first time, we saw it in the first game. Anytime a Bearcat touched the ball inside the paint, they would send that trap immediately from the help side. So once that help side trap came, Houston calls it the monster trap is what it's been known as. But Houston's a big physical guy, physical team. They like to send that trap inside right away. So if the Bearcats can have one of those shooting nights where they get the trap inside and then get a pitch outside and have one of those 8 for 11 from behind the arc to starts, I think they're in great hands. But overall, that trap is going gonna to be something to keep an eye on anytime the ball goes inside on the defensive end. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So for friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, Come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Got to rebound. Protect, honestly, protect the ball, man. They can't have over. I, I don't mind what they did against Memphis on the, on the turnovers. I feel like they have to be against Houston between 9 to 12 turnovers tops. Um, because you know they lost seventeen to seven, and that turned into twenty six points for Houston, which pretty much was the game. So they have to protect the ball and don't allow Houston to get those easy shots. Um, if they're going to turn it over, you you damn near rather be like a dead ball. You know you don't want it to be a live ball situation because the way that Houston jumps the the passing lanes, it's going to almost lead to an easy shot every time. So. Um, protecting the ball and shooting good shots. And I think they have to do their best to, even if Vic isn't scoring, get him those touches in the paint to make Houston collapse. But they're not as – they're physical, but they're not as big as they are normally as they normally are with their main player. So UC has to take advantage of that and protect the ball, man, and win the rebound battle again as well, too, because they won that in the first game, but it didn't show up as a win. But if they can win, you know, two games in a row, but then cut those turnovers down – and uh, allow them not to get dominated on those points off turnovers, then I think they can have a chance to pull off the upset. Now, Neil, normally I ask you what the Bearcats need to do to win big. I don't think we're going to win big in this situation. Going on the road at Houston Conference game, it's always going to be tough. But instead, let me ask you, what do we need to do to sneak out a win? Yeah, I think JT hit the nail on the coffin there. You have to limit the turnovers. The turnover ratio was 17-7 to in the first one. And five of those came in the first four minutes. You limit the turnovers, 
you're in good hands. But you can't have a ratio of 26 to 4 on points off turnovers on 17 turnovers. You do the math, that's maybe only six possessions where they didn't go down and score on a turnover roughly. And, I mean, early on, if you limit the turnovers there in the first five minutes of that one, Houston did spark, I think it was a 12-0 run there after Nolly came down and hit a three to start to go up like 12-3 roughly, 12-2, 12-3. You can't have those big runs. You have to limit the turnovers. But as JT mentioned, if you can win the battle of the glass, if you can win that battle of the glass again on the road in a hostile environment, obviously things bounce those different ways certain times. But if you can continue to win the battle of the glass, that's a huge factor in this one, a huge factor. And winning the battle of the glass, I mean, it's Landers Nolly has turned it up a notch in terms of rebounding since the last time these two teams faced off. I mean, Landers Nolly in the last two weeks is averaging a double-double. So Landers Nolly has been really effective on the boards. And if you can get a 8-9 rebound night out of Landers Nolly, as well as getting your 7-8, to 7-9 out of guys like Vic and Odie, you're in great hands. But for the Bearcats to sneak out a win on top of that, it has to be – it all starts with limiting the turnovers. You can't have a big run on the turnovers. You have to really capitalize on your offense. You have to be smart with the ball. And in the end, you just have to make smart shots. I think in I think in the first game of the series, Micah Adams-Woods went 8 for 11 with the field with a career high – or a season-high 21. And that was on a night where David DeJulius shot just 2 for 10. And DeJulius has turned it back up a notch since his little – uh, short stretch where he was only scoring about 10. He was the team's leading scorer before then, but if you can get a good night out of David Julius, whether it's the 10 to 14, 10 to 12 range, on top of limiting the turnovers, getting a rebound, winning the battle on the glass, I think you're in good hands. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Um, it, for me, it's, it's simple. We've got to make shots. Um, and I would like to see Juice really go off this game. I, I say I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I think the Bearcats are at their best when Juice is the best, when he's our best player on the court. I'd like to see that. So, so again, simple. We need to make shots. And I, and I want to say this from a recruiting standpoint. And I know I know Wes and the staff are working on this, but we have to get some sharp shooters on the, on the Bearcat team moving forward in the future because. We're going to get those guys that, you know, can create, you know, the Ravons, the the Jizzle, Jameses, you know, those, those guys are coming. We're going to have those guys. I'm not worried about that. They've done a great job recruiting those guys. But we need those guys on the perimeter that can stretch that defense and knock down shots consistently. And a lot of people get so caught up in, you know, what star is this guy? Is he a three-star, four-star, five-star? I don't give a – what star you are, can you knock down shots? You know, there are a lot of two-star, whatever-star guys that are knockdown shooters, and they've proven that at the college level. And, you know, we need it. You need that. You need sometimes guys that, you know, uh, have a certain skill set. Maybe that's all they do. And, and maybe that shooter doesn't play as many minutes, you know, as a juice, as a Landers or whatever, because – Maybe he's not as good defensively, but he can stretch that defense and knock down shots. And we need a couple of those guys uh, moving forward desperately. So I had to go on my re little recruiting rant real quick. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you, JT, your thoughts on that? Am I, no, am I right? No, oh. for, for sure. We definitely need shooters. I mean, you never not. You can never have enough shooting in any on any basketball team, let alone college. Um, and they, they definitely have to. Uh, Get a couple of guys that just are pure knockdown guys, athletic knockdown guys. You need them to hopefully be able to shoot and defend because if they could do that, they can get a three and D on. Then yep. we cooking with cooking with you know cooking with grease, hot fish grease, you know. But uh, they definitely need that for sure, man. That that's going to help in the long run. And then hopefully going into the Big Twelve, there's a couple of people that people don't know about or that are like super high. You know, it might be some people in the MAC or whatever that are beasts that want to play in, play in some better uh, comp. Maybe they'll come to UC. Who knows, you know? So we'll see yep. what happens. No question. I'm going to tell you a quick recruiting story real real quick. So I'm on the AAU circuit and uh, with some of my teams, and we're, we're playing a, te uh, a couple teams out of Louisville. 
And both teams had these – the two teams had these guys that could shoot from deep. And they had good – I thought they had good size to them too. Now they were they were a little slow, but, man, yeah. man, these dudes could, could flat out shoot. And I'm talking about at the major Division One level, I thought they could turn into really, really big-time shooters. So mm-hmm. um, I tell um, Coach uh, Larry Davis, who was coaching – Mick Cronin was the coach at the time. So I see Coach Larry Davis at this tournament. I'm like, hey – they're these two guys, man, and they're on, they were on two different teams. And one team was out of Wisconsin, and I said, "Man, I think we need to, we meaning the Bearcats need yeah. to go after these guys." And because, you know, a lot of those Mick Cronin teams needed shooting. <laughs> so um, he goes, "Yeah, I'll, I'll check them out." So he goes and checks them out, and he comes back to me and he goes, "Nah, we, we can't recruit them." And I was like you didn't like him? Am I, am I totally off? He was like, no, I, I kind of agree with you. He was like, but uh, Mick doesn't think guys like that can play defense. And I was like, all right, that's, that's, you know, you, you looked yeah. for, for, for your program. And I ended up seeing the one kid um, later on, I think like the next day, I think that was like a Saturday. So I saw him on a Sunday and I was like, who do you have offers from? And he mentioned a couple schools and I said, well, what about Cincinnati? You know, the Bearcats, oh, he says, oh, man, I love the way they play. Mm-hmm. He was, like, open to it. Well, I'm not going to say the kid's name, but he ends up going to Wisconsin, and he ends up playing in the Final Four. I'm going to leave it at that. Really? Leave it at that. That's crazy. Yes. And he was excited when I told him I played for the Bearcats, and I was like, I'll tell common coaches about you. Like, he was excited. That's crazy. So you ended up playing for Wisconsin. He ended up Big, playing for Wisconsin, and they, they ended up playing in the Final Four. He dang, did. Dang. Yeah. That's I'm crazy. not, not going to say his name. I'll just I'll, I'll leave it alone. Dang. <laughs> the Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now, this is a Twyman segment sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. So the hot topic today that I want to go over, fellas, is I'm going to talk a little NIL. And this whole NIL stuff is is like, it's crazy because I feel like the, the colleges don't even have total control and understanding of it. it it's still it's there's still some like loosey goosey stuff going on i mean look at florida mm-hmm. they had the qb at florida who backed out he was supposed to get like 15 million in nil did you guys see that no yeah the 13 mil yeah that's crazy I, Rosada, that. I think is his name that's crazy yeah yeah and then it and then he had to back out of it and uh, who, who knows what happened but it's listen it's changing the la- landscape of college athletics so my question to you guys is, during your time watching the Bearcats, just, just during your time, you don't have to go back. Like Neil, obviously, you didn't see Oscar play. You didn't see Jack Wyman and all those guys. You, you don't have to go back to that time. But the time that you watched Bearcat basketball and football, what player from each sport – I'm going to start with you, Neil, because you're the youngest. What player from each sport do you feel would really – benefit from the nil if it was in place at that time like who would really get some great nil deals basket one basketball guy and one football guy neil awesome so yeah so basketball there's a lot of good options for basketball of guys who could have made themselves a hefty amount of money when it comes to nil in recent years but one guy that sticks out to mind for me is a guy in sean kilpatrick that's one who sticks out of mind just because of his playing career. I mean, took off, became one of the highest played, highest uh, scoring Bearcats ever. I know he's up there in the top top of the list right behind Oscar. Not sure on the exact number where he stands in terms of scoring or whatnot. That'll be something I'll have to add uh, and ask to uh, the SID David Cohen. But so shout out David there. But I'll have to give an ask to David on that one, see where he actually stands in the record books in terms of scoring. But just Sean Kilpatrick, everything he did for the university, I believe it was he was on the Sweet 16 tournament team, the Sweet 16 uh, tournament run team. Just everything he did for the university. I mean, he did. Uh, he didn't get drafted. He 
should have got drafted, but he did get a run in the NBA a little bit. I know he's dominated overseas, but Sean Kilpatrick, fan favorite, had a lot of great memories here at the University of Cincinnati. So Sean Kilpatrick is who I'm going to go with on the basketball side of things. But now for the football side, the football side, there's a lot of good guys you could throw in that name. But there's two that come in to mind the most, and that is going to be Travis Kelsey and Connor Barwin. So Travis Kelsey, everyone knows the history of Travis Kelsey. Obviously one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history now to date. And he continues to dominate that on the uh, NFL level. But for people who don't understand like Travis Kelsey's story, like him and his brother Jason, they were two-star recruits coming out of high school, out of Cleveland. And then Travis what was it? I believe he got suspended. What JT might know better than I would. Was it his senior year he got suspended nah, or the junior year he was suspended a, for a whole season? Might have been like sophomore year, I think. Yeah, so he was suspended a whole season and then comes back, gets drafted after a stellar senior season. And I mean, when you have a season like that, Travis Kelsey, like I think he was a third round draft pick, if I remember right. Third round oh, draft pick. He was one of the highest Bearcats drafted in a decent amount of time because there was that length of period where we've only been getting those like fifth, sixth rounders, seventh rounders. But Travis Kelsey was uh, up there in terms of uh, the draftees. And then Connor Barwin had a fantastic career at Cincinnati, had a fantastic NFL career. So I think just a guy like Connor Barwin even could have made a good, good name for himself in terms of NIL as well. So those are two guys that I really think on the football aspect of things, as well could have made themselves a pretty good name when it came to NIL just due to their success on and off the field. They're all fan favorites. They're very good people in the community. Travis Kelsey still does a lot of great things for the University of Cincinnati. I know he just announced his foundation. I think it was like, what, a $10 million foundation, if I remember the numbers right, not too long ago, earlier in the season, early in the year. Around that range. So Travis Kelsey still does a lot for the university. Connor Barwin does a lot for the university as well. So just those are two just good guys on the football aspect. And then obviously Sean Kilpatrick on the basketball side of things. Um, Neil, real quick, and I didn't want to interrupt you um, doing your thing, but um, Kilpatrick's second all-time score. Um, I, I thought it was up there. I knew it was up there, but I just wasn't sure on the exact number. Yeah, he passed He passed Logan. Logan, right? That's what I thought. I was wondering. I forgot if he passed Logan or not. I know it was. Yeah. Was I knew it was there. top five. I just didn't know the exact number of where he was. Yeah, he's two. He, he passed Logan. He's like, gosh, seven, 800 points behind Big O, something like that. Yeah. I mean, Big O was like, you know, almost, I mean, I don't have I don't have the stats and everything from me, but Big O was probably close to a 3,000 point. Yeah, close to it, you know, whatever, whatever. So, um, JT, your thoughts. All right. So on the basketball side, if we go from I'll go from the 2000s. So I'll say Kenyon will be will get a crazy amount of money, um, especially for that jump he made from junior senior year. I think he would have probably broke the bank. (laughs) He would have probably in back then. That's before they had the cap on the. Uh, now they did have a cap on there for the uh, rookie, so I'm, I would have been lying on that. That happened probably in the mid '90s. But long story short, I don't even know what King King would have got. Probably a, a blank check um, for how good he was for the, for the university and stuff like that, and just what he brought to the table. And then uh, some other basketball players I could put in there, but I'm just gonna go King. It's only only way. So I'm pretty sure me and you might be the same on that one, Meech. But uh. Um, and I could be wrong. I'm going to see what your answer is on this. But uh, on yep. the football side, it would be, for me, it would be Marty Gilliard. So um, he was probably, let's see, he didn't have, like, the NFL career everybody kind of expected. But, like, in college, dude was, like, electric. So returning punts, over a 1,000 yards receiving, I feel like, a couple years in a row. I think he would have got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of NIL money um, if they would have had it back then. So, uh, those especially with the guys. famous catch too that Pike to well, that was Pike to Ben, yeah, but Gilliard like was on that team as well and yeah, did a lot yeah. of incredible things. So, yeah, Gilliard might be like the best receiver UC's ever had. College. Special teams guy too as well. So, yeah, so I think he would have got a lot of paper, a lot of NIL money 
Because he ended up getting drafted early on too, right? Yeah, I think was it the Eagles? I think he might have been like fourth or fifth round. Eagles got a few years in on he didn't do much in the league though. But in college, yeah, he would have got he would have got what you want. He would have got some NIL paper for sure. Okay, so you got Kmart. Yep. And Marty. Yep. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. So, JT, I'm going to shock you here. Okay. Uh, as much as I want to agree with you with Kenyon, I've got somebody else. All now, right, let me tell you how I let me tell you how I factor in the NIL stuff. So, I think there's several levels to it. Now, NIL could be one thing where you've got a high level high school guy who's getting you know all these uh, come to a college, um, and then you've got okay a guy who gets to college and develops. And, be, and gets all these deals, which I think I would agree with you, Kenyon. But I'm going to take it actually – I'm, I'm going to take it different than you probably think. Okay. Personality, how exciting this guy was as a player, one of the best nicknames of all time in Bearcat history. I think I think he would have been – I think he would have had people knocking his door left and right, and that's Mel Lovett, mm. the helicopter. I think, you know, his his charisma, I mean, I could see him in commercials for, you know, talking about, you know, I'm the, you know, the helicopter flying above competition. Yeah. <laughs> doing commercials, getting all kind of, he just had that personality. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I can see that. That's fair. He definitely would have been top five on, my, on the list on mine, no matter what. That's yeah. crazy. I, I, that's a good one. I didn't think about, I mean, I didn't think you were going to go that route, but that's, that, I can't argue that at all. Yeah, I think, but but if you if you look at somebody coming from high school to college that gets all those NIL deals, you have to put D'Antonio Wingfield in that equation because he's probably the you know the biggest star from from high school to college to come to the University of Cincinnati. Yeah, him him and Demar probably. You feel I feel like Demar because of him being the number one guy coming from the yep. door. I feel like he he gets he would come with something. Just off the strength of that, you know what I mean. Sure. I feel like Satterfield was pretty ranked pretty high from the out the door. Yep. There, yep. so I think he would get, you know, he would cash in. Of course, I'm trying to think some other like Stokes was hot, ranked pretty high out the door, so I think he would get, you know, he would have had a nice little, uh, nice little signing, <laughs> signing day bonus. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it's a couple okay. others as well, but. Let me jump into my football side of things, and then we'll we'll, we'll close this out. Um, on the football side of things, I, I, I kind of look at um, a guy that's doing media now. Um, I, I think he's one of the greatest Bearcat players of all time. I think he played on one of the greatest Bearcat football teams of all time, and he was the centerpiece of that, and that's Tony Pike. Yeah. Um, he's a local kid. Um, and I think that just all bodes well for for NIL. I think he would have cleaned house. You're right. You know what I mean? You're right. He was he definitely was what second. I was thinking about too. He was so. second. It was between Marty, yeah, Tony, and uh, Isaiah P. Mm. Isaiah P. was on my mm. list as well. So those are my three. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, did the, there. But, but that just goes to show you, man. I think there we could probably rattle. A bunch more off on both sides, just a lot of uh, good players in that time that I think those guys have to be feeling like, damn, I wish I had the yeah. NFL when I was, you know what I'm saying? For sure. For sure. But, For but, sure. Absolutely. But that's the way it goes. But I, I, will, I will end on this. I think the NCAA really has to get their, they have to get their shit together in terms of how they want to move forward with NIL and how it, how it's going to look in the landscape of thing. They've got to, you know, they, they, they put out these books that they give to the colleges, like, okay, here are the rules. Like it's a 2000 page book. Who's, yeah. who's reading through that? You know nope. It's like, give me, give me the cliff note version. You know, okay. what can uh, I do? What can I do? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, but there's just, it's so many, there's so many things to it that just I know cause an athletic department, a coaching staff, a lot of people stress because it's just there, there are just so many layers to it, man. I, I hope that they can at some point uh, figure it out. But I, I don't I don't know about you guys, but I don't have a lot of faith in the NCAA 
in them making moves, <laughs> right, JT? Me either, man. They like they'd be like three years behind everything. Like, like oh, dang, ooh. they want to want suspended some a, a program. Dude been gone for five years. Now you want suspended kids? Ain't got nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like dog, dude, NBA now, NFL. No matter, he ain't, you ain't hurting him <laughs> if he was the one that did. Yeah, so many, some. I mean, even the. I hate to get on this rant, but yeah. like, even look at college football. You look at the recruiting period for college football. The way the recruiting period is set up, they could change it, right? The NCAA could mm. ch- change the recruiting period for football, but the way it is set up now, it puts pressure on coaches to leave teams to go to another team to get a jump start on recruiting. So, mm-hmm. you know, you see a Brian Kelly leave. You yeah. see Triple leave. They shouldn't be able to leave in the yeah. at that at that juncture, right? Yeah, yeah. It should have like a, a almost like a when the portals open, when the portals close type thing. Like, yeah, be able just to dip. Like, all right, during the season, at the end of the season, I uh, still got bowl game. Oh, I can leave. Like, boom. Like what? Like that's like, not that's not a tough fix. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Look, not, it's you not right. have, like you damn near. I would be like on some once the season is over, like the last game is played. That's when you can go. <laughs> And that's all it is to it. It's it's simple. That's it. You know, hard, some, put a hard cap. And some of these coaches use the excuse of, well, I got to get there and start recruiting because yeah. this, you know, period starts up. And it's just like, all right. And that's, that's, but that's just the NCAA, like you said, it's three years. I Giving them three years might be a good. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might have been too light and too nice on them on that one. Yeah. And I, I've always heard, like, um, I forget what coach said this but I, I thought this was brilliant it was a, a college basketball coach i can't remember who it is but he said he said the ncaa should put together a committee of former basketball coaches maybe get some former players and have them work on setting up like rules and reviewing rules and at the time the coach said this he, he says we got a lot of great coaches that are retired that i think would have great input into a committee like at the time like john cheney former temple coach uh gene Cady, former purdue coach bobby knight a lot of these guys are retired like imagine them having a committee and then maybe you got some former players that you know played in the college level maybe play a little bit in nba that are out put them on a committee and help you know restructure some rules and look at some things instead they this is and this is facts they got people that like make rules for volleyball, <laughs> like making rules for basketball. Like what? Like that's a volleyball person. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah. that that's actual fact that 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 was going on. I'm, I don't know if that's going on at that level right now, but anyway, I'm sitting here trying to solve the NCAA. Better <laughs> 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 exit out. One, one pot at a time. One pot at a time. One pot at a time. Well said. The Twyman segment. <laughs> It's sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. And once again, I will be at Mio's for a live podcast on February 22nd from 5 to 6 p.m. before the 7 p.m. Temple game. We'll be announcing our special guests very soon. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. Now, fellas, we'll be back with another new episode before the February 1st Tulsa game. And we had this discussion the other day that we might start releasing the podcast a little bit earlier. 
like a day earlier. So just because there's so much going on, give people a little bit more time to listen to the to the pod. Um, and I, I need to give a quick shout out to uh, Doug Jacobs, huge Bearcat fan. He sits near me um, at the Bearcat games. He's the one that kind of came up to me and said, hey, um, love the pod, love the podcast. I listen to it. Um, can you guys release it a little bit earlier so I can listen to it like early in the morning when I'm working out or getting my massage? He gets a massage. He's living that good life, I guess. I need to get a massage. Um, and I said, for sure, man. And, and we talked about that. And I think uh, we think that's another, you know, good idea, especially with the Bengals making the big run. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um, there's so much going on. So we're cool with all that, fellas. For sure. Absolutely. Man, for sure. Absolutely. And, and shout out Doug Jacobs' son, Gavin. Uh, Gavin plays uh, hoops at Fenwick. So, and uh, one, just want to give him a quick shout out. And um, real quick, too, I, I want to say this. Um, I attended tonight the Seven Hills High School um, Athletic Hall of Fame banquet. And I want to give a huge shout out to head coach Willie Hill. He's been coaching at Seven Hills for, for a while now. I forget how many years it is. Almost. 20, I don't know, something like that. Um, between being a freshman coach, JV, and varsity, he's been there, I think, maybe almost 20 years. Could be wrong with that, but he just went into the uh, Seven Hills Hall of Fame for coaching and just uh, got his 200th win uh, maybe about a week or so ago. So shout out my big dog, Willie Hill, man. It's good, good, good people, man. So, I, and listen, I don't think I'll ever be in any Hall of Fame. So I have <laughs> 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 I have so much respect for uh, people that, that go into any Hall of Fame, man. Huge honors. JT, will you ever be in a Hall of Fame? No, man. No. No. Nothing? Huh? Nothing? Nothing, man. I can't see it. I don't man. see it. Yeah, it's a wrap. Okay. Neil, what Hall of Fame are you going in? I don't think I'll see myself in one. Uh, if I think if I see anyone in it in my family, it'll be my brother who is top – uh, in the leading at Oak Hills and assist for volleyball. He's now the head coach at volleyball at Oak Hills. Meanwhile, I'm second. I'm behind him. But I don't think I'll be in any Hall of Fame anytime soon. So if there's anyone in my family who's going to do it, it's going to be my brother. You're in second place? Second place in all time in school history in assists at Oak Hills for volleyball. You know what they say about second place? Second's better than first, baby. Nope. Second's <laughs> Second's the first loser. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I will say this. If there is one thing, out of two of the three regional finals that the men's volleyball team has been to at UC, I led both of them. I led two of the three. So maybe okay. that adds a little bit to it, but I don't think I'll be in any Hall of Fame anytime soon. Yeah. I'm, uh, hey. Well, well, first of all, that's that's impressive that you that you are second. I didn't mean to slight you on that, but – um. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not gonna be in any any Hall of Fame, but it's 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 always impressive to me to to hear people. I love I love hearing, and I know some people don't like. I love hearing Hall of Fame speeches, especially from people I don't know, and I don't know their story at all. I always find those like really fascinating, man. I love hearing people's like journey and all that stuff. So I heard some uh, some good ones tonight. Uh, I think there were three people that I heard speak. I, I didn't didn't know them at all, but just love hearing their their journey and um, overcoming trials and tribulations, man. I just, I don't know. One, one, one guy was talking, man. He made me cry a little bit. I'm not even going to lie. I just, I had a little tear, JT. A little tear came, came down. You know how, you, you know how sometimes when you're like at a public setting like that and then somebody saying something makes people cry, you try like to not let people see you cry. Yeah. Be like that sometimes. Be like that, Alex. Be like that. It does. I'm trying to like, <clears throat> I'm trying to yeah. do that. <clears throat> yeah, that happens. Um, yeah. Lastly, before we jump off, um, we're one step closer from a 49ers Bengals Super Bowl, baby. True. It is true. true. Can it that. happen? Can it happen? It's possible. Very possible. Neil, will it happen? I, th I think it personally, I think it's a great odds it happens. 49ers have a stellar defense. I think they can hold Jalen Hurts. I do. I really think they could. However, the Bengals Chiefs Sunday, it's going to be a battle. Now that Mahomes is looking to be healthy, 
it's going to be closer than people think. But you know what they say? Joe Burrow's him. No, He's no. him. <laughs> Mahomes is not going to be healthy. He's going to be shot up. That's what it is. They're going to have him shot up on whatever it takes. Hey, to- that video of him walking out of that presser and practicing, him doing spin moves and stuff, no limp. He's shot up. <laughs> so you got him on that feel good. They got him, they got him, on, him, they got him on that feel good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you but know? it's Mahomes. You can't count Mahomes out, though. No, he can play for three hours on but, Sunday. <laughs> but there is a lot of added fuel to the fire for this Bear or for this Bengals game. Obviously, we saw the Justin Reed trash talk at the beginning of the year. You saw Jamar Chase get into it in the first round with the throwing the money celebration, and then he called him tuna in a can after the game. Then the comments today on the locker room, like it's it's a bad blood, bad blood between both teams. So it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, sure, I I agree. Well. If uh, both of them make it, the 49ers and Bengals, JT, one of our segments is it's going to be all about Jimmy 49ers. G. Jimmy G. Oh, yeah. Jimmy G coming back? Is he back? Is he, Block. he started Block. practicing. Block. I thought I saw. What, what if, he's, not, he's not dressing. Block. Brock Purdy, baby. JT. Purdy, JT. Purdy made all the throws we needed to win that game last week. JT, you know, he cut me off because you know I'm going to talk about Jimmy G. If Jimmy G is healthy. No. You're not starting him. He could be the backup. Yeah, he could be the backup. And if Purdy gets hurt, put him in there. But if not, I do Jimmy, agree with JT. Clip. You can't you can't bench Purdy right now. Hold, hold the clipboard, Jimmy. I agree. That's cool. If you need you, be ready, man. You never know when your number might get called. That's that's you know, that's why that's why I'm showing Purdy so much love. Because Purdy also ready. hasn't lost a game as a starter, right? Nope. I mean, I agree with that. I think Purdy needs to, you know, you need to ride that wave out. You yeah. can't. That would that would disrupt the team, right? For sure. For sure. With what's going on right now, you, you don't want to do that. Not not at this point. So no, nah, no, nah. nah, it's too 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 far gone now. Yep. You still getting a Jimmy GQ T-shirt though? Oh man. <laughs> Let's get get the party jersey, man. Party shirt, man. Party party time. Party, party, <laughs> they say party time. I don't know. They got something else. I ain't gonna say on the show. They, Mystery yeah. relevant. BC. Yeah. They say what it BC party or something like that. Something I've been seeing. I gotta check. I'll I'll search the, the internet and see what's on there. All right, all right. Yeah. Well, we want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Talk Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats!